Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and you can catch up with me on Twitter. I am at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. Um, and I want to take a quick moment to thank our top patrons. They are Jeff Widman, Philip Barker, Michael Crosh, and Josh Johnson. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And once again, if you do want to join our Patreon, it just gives you a weekly bonus episode of everything else I'm watching besides talking about these great movies that we talk about every week or every two weeks. Um, I have a returning guest on my podcast. I have Mark from the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Say hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hello, welcome back. Um, if people are just now hearing you on my show, um, can you introduce yourself just a little bit? Yeah, I'm Mark. I'm from the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Uh, and like Lisa, I am over on Twitter at uh, VS Movie Podcast, uh, or you can go to the website vsmoviepodcast.com, where we talk all things uh, movie. And sometimes TV and a lot of pop culture and a lot of good stuff like that. But yeah, we're we're everywhere. We love movies. And uh, it's nice to be back. It's such a wonderful place you have here. Thank you so much for coming back. I know we were going to talk about or initially you wanted to talk about a couple movies because of a movie that just came out. But we kind of narrowed it down to one. Um, my guest still always picks the movie in case this is your first time listening. I have my guest choose the movie. So, Mark, what movie did you choose to talk about? Uh, in honor of a film that came out uh, two weeks ago, I think at this point, uh, we're going to talk about the 1981 Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell classic, Evil Dead. Yay. And yes, thank you for your patience. I was putting together my uh, six-year anniversary podcast, so this kind of got pushed back a little bit, but excited to talk about this today. Evil Dead, 1981. Um I love this movie and I love this franchise. Yeah, it's it's great. Now, I told you I had an anecdote and I, yes. I, I'm going to share it with you now. I was like, I love talking about this movie. I, I will talk about this movie and these movies and Bruce Campbell all the live long day. And I was like, I feel like I've just done this. And a year ago in April, like literally a year and a week ago, I was on uh, the Cult Worthy podcast where we oh, discussed... Nice. Uh, the Evil Dead, because it's such a cult movie. Mm -hmm. um, and when you were looking for guests, I Evil Dead Rise was right on our doorstep. And I was like, well, what what better time to talk about? Because I want to talk about Evil Dead Rise and we will. Uh, but we'll talk about Evil Dead. And then I just it got in my brain and I'm like, I literally will have talked about this movie, these movies two years in a row. 
Nice. Very uh, cool. But that just tells you how much I love them. Yeah, I can see. Uh, we talked a little bit off air before we started recording and you've got some Bruce Campbell paraphernalia I can see behind you. <laughs> so yep. that's great. Um, I love these movies too. My husband at one point, I don't know if he's still going to do it, but he was entertaining the idea of getting a tattoo that was just his chainsaw that said groovy, ah. which I, I fully support. Um, mm. Have really enjoyed this franchise over the years and Bruce Campbell too. <laughs> of course. Yep. Um, now, if you haven't seen this movie before and what's wrong with you? No, no, oh, right. Okay. No, okay no, there's, there's don't apologize for that. comment. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, I would pause here and I would go watch it and then come back and join our conversation because we are going to spoil it. I'm not going to do a spoiler free when we talk about podcasts I, when we talk about movies. Sorry. On this podcast, we do spoil them. So it has here. been 42 years. Oh, Dear really? God, that is insane. 81 to 20. That's 42 years. Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you know Most what? Spoiler, older, spoiler alerts are off. It, it's been four decades. That's true. You had you had your time. You had your shots. <laughs> but um, I'm going to give a very fast synopsis. It's literally a sentence because I don't think the synopsis is the important part of this movie. No. But uh, essentially, five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they are unknowingly releasing uh, flesh-possessing demons. Um, Good enough. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. Uh, that this is was exactly what happens. Directed and uh, written by uh, Sam Raimi. And it stars Bruce Campbell. This is his uh, feature film, like his first film together. Sam's, um, Sam's as well. Oh, that's right. Sam's This too. is it. They get childhood buddies, Sam and Bruce. I know. That's so awesome. Um, I, I actually had a quick note about that, that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, like you said, they're friends from high school. Uh, they made Super 8 films together and they uh, they often collaborate with Ted Raimi as well. Sam's, uh, Campbell, yeah, Sam's, Sam's brother. Yep. Yep. Campbell became uh, the actor of the group as he was the one that that girls wanted to look at, according to to Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Campbell has played brief parts and cameos in most of Raimi's movies ever since. Yes, there's only been one or two uh, where he does not appear. I love that. I really like their relationship and how it's like endured after all this time. I just find that so heartwarming. Yeah, and let's let's not forget. I actually think that uh, Sam's car has more cameos. The oh, movies really? That, the, movies, the movies that Bruce is not in, the car still manages to be in. I love that. And um, I just the, like... Yeah, and that, that includes, uh, that is up to and including uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Oh, amazing. That's awesome. I love there, that movie too. There's a rumor I, I that it's actually that. in uh, The Quick and the Dead. Oh, really? Which is a Western. So it would be very yeah. hard for an Oldsmobile classic. <laughs> to worm but the, the rumor is they took the box off and covered it with a covered wagon so technically it's in the movie but that so can't be, still be there that cannot be confirmed <laughs> i like that idea anyway but um this was filmed in a real life abandoned cabin and the property owner granted the production crew to uh, lease the cabin under the condition that any modifications made for the film were to be undone and so the crew kept their promise the only thing that remains in the cabin is the fireplace that was built built for the film so i guess that was a uh, an exception yeah. The, I feel like that speaks more to the low budget of this first film. 
than it does to authenticity, but I, I like it nonetheless. Uh, by if by low you mean no, yeah, I think basically they had no money, yeah, to make this to make this film. Um, and I mean, and technically it was done in 1979. Wow, and they, they they were just shopping it around forever and ever and ever trying to get it. A true um, passion project, and I, I believe Europe is where they finally, uh, finally got it, got that a distributor. I believe it was Renaissance, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, it's no, it's, it's, yeah, that synopsis doesn't really do the film justice. <laughs> yeah, at, there's a lot at, that at all. Because um, it's, it's, if, if you wouldn't know better, I mean, it, it was filmed in 79, but it feels like what, uh, it, it feels like a prototypical 80s slasher setup. It does. Which is just a bunch of teens drinking and, and theoretically whoring around. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of some masked psychopath, they un- they accidentally unleash a supernatural force into this plane of existence and bad things happen. That's true. Where do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk? And there's not really a whole lot of cast to talk about, right? So No, it it's really not. It's 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 Ash Williams, which is Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's his girlfriend, his friend, a girl they pick up, and 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 uh Ash's little sister who tags along. But they're all teens, you know, late teens, early twenties, you know, because there's the, theoretically some of them are in college, so it's kind of a college thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the cast, uh, yeah. And then a voice on a, on a cassette uh, from Professor Noby, uh, the <laughs> the archaeologist. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, let's 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 just start that. Um, if if you're not if you haven't seen The Evil Dead and you've seen because there was the Evil Dead, then there was Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn, mm-hmm. then there was uh, Army of Darkness, then there was Ash versus the Evil Dead TV series, which ran for three seasons. There was the 2013 reboot sequely kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, from director Fidel Alvarez, uh, blessed by Ramy and Campbell, and mm-hmm. then Evil Dead Rise just came out, written and directed by Lee Cronin, uh, also blessed and executive produced by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. So mm-hmm. if you've only seen like Army of Darkness, there is a tone to that film that does not match the Evil Dead. Right. The Evil Dead is a straight up horror movie mm-hmm. with comedic elements. I was going to say, you're right. I, I think, you know, Army of Darkness is probably the first thing that I saw. Um, the first movie out of the trilogy that I saw and I absolutely loved it, but it got there from evil dead and evil dead Two. It was like a progression into that movie. I think with the humor. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. If army of darkness is a, it's a comedy horror. Whereas the evil dead is a horror. And it's not even a horror comedy. Like evil dead two is maybe a horror comedy. That's true. Um, but the Evil Dead is is if you watch it, it's just a straight up horror. It's a low budget horror that gives us and gifts to the world the cabin in the woods trope. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it didn't invent it, it perfected it. Yeah. Um, and it distilled it down to its essence. And and that is is why I love it because yes, Army of Darkness is great, and I love it. I love it to death. Um, I, I love, you know, I love Evil Dead 2, which ironically is just a more comedic 
remake soft reboot of the evil dead uh, right. once they got a budget and a distributor uh, they were able to make more of the movie that sam wanted to in the first place um you know and it's i, I mean in the 2013 version is is just straight up horror it, but mm -hmm. it's but it's 2000s horror which right. is a completely different animal than 1980 horror mm -hmm. or 1990 horror or 2000 horror uh so there's a lot of things going on uh that that kind of make evil the evil dead from 1981 different from everything that came after it because the it, it is a horror that that fits its period mm -hmm. um but if they made that today we would have wound up with something with the the graphic sensibilities and i'm mm -hmm. about to contradict myself kind of the graphic sensibilities of the 2013 version mm -hmm. or even evil dead rise having said that the evil dead does not shy away from gore or right. violence or any of that it's just kind of a different flavor and and so it's it for all of the you know the the kind of poo-pooing of the evil dead franchise is this kind of slapsticky stuff people kind of tend to forget that it is firmly rooted in really kind of disturbing and violent horror yeah well i mean one thing one thing about it to me is that sam raimi is a is a great director you know um there's campy fun elements to this movie, but he he's really good at what he does. I mean, but, and it's all in service to the, to the horror. Right. Right. I, I just um, think like in the hands of another director, yeah, this would be like maybe campy, silly slapsticky, but I don't think that's that accurately describes what this is. And I, I agree that sometimes people, if they've only seen army of darkness, they might think that that's where it got its start, but it's really, like you're saying a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah. I would uh, actually encourage mild tangent. If you have not picked up Bruce Campbell's biography, um, it's called if chins could talk confessions <laughs> of a B movie actor. Um, he spends an inordinate amount of time appreciating the making of this film and oh, discussing so nice. a lot of, well, no, and discussing a lot of what they did and how Sam specifically did business and how they innovated and, and adapted and created to do a lot of the things that we look at. If you look at a Sam Raimi horror movie, now you recognize all of those touches that, mm -hmm. that they developed back on the evil dead. Um, obviously you're not going to see them in, in films like uh, uh, the Costner baseball movie, which just the name escaped me, but I love it to death. Uh, you know, but or movies like that, you know, the quick and the dead, even the quick and the dead has a, some of like the camera move influences of this. So, uh, you know, a lot of what people might like about Sam Raimi really is built in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it stood the test of time for sure. It it has. I would really love to see this, I think, in a, at a midnight screening. I might have to organize one of those at one of our local theaters because I think That's that would be a, I think that would be a blast with an audience full of people. Yeah, just to sit down and watch. I mean, because you could almost do a double feature of the two, mm -hmm. of Evil Dead and no, Evil Dead Two, and you could do that in like you could do that in three and a half hours. Yeah, um, because they're not long. That's <laughs> you true. know, they're not. So, a lot of horror I mean, isn't. And yeah, isn't so I, I think that would be fun. But yeah, I mean, if you just want to, don't sit down by yourself. Have a couple of your friends with similar sensibilities, 
mm-hmm. sit down with you if you haven't already watched it or if you haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it, it occupies a weird place in its own franchise, mm-hmm. much less in like the horror pantheon. That's, that's an interesting observation that I hadn't thought about, honestly. But I mean, it, 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 but that happens with a lot and a lot of franchise, but normally the, 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 the outlier kind of occurs later. I agree. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, there is no evil dead too, obviously if they don't eventually sell evil, evil dead, there's no army of darkness. Bruce Campbell doesn't really exist as an actor mm-hmm. without this film. So you have to stop and think about that. I mean, what else has he, I mean, he, he's been everywhere. If you look, he's everywhere, Yeah. but he's not a movie star per se. No, um, I mean, he's got like the leading man look for well, sure. And I think that's part of the humor and some of the later ones, especially, but yeah. And, and what's, what's awesome is, is if you watch him in, in the not evil dead stuff, and even in some, some parts of the, of the franchise, um, I, I always, remind, I, I like to remind people that Bruce Campbell can act. Oh yeah. Um, I mean like legitimately, you know, not horror movie acting, he, he can act. So the fact that we have him, um, I mean, there's a lot of actors out there that can act that never, you know, hit quote unquote, hit it big. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's one of the ones that maybe, maybe if evil dead hadn't taken off, he might've found a role and been, you know, a solid mid mid level Hollywood guy forever and ever and ever. But, it, but, it, but I think, and I think in the end, when, if we have to stop and look at this, I think, I think he's, he's kind of even transcended that. I think he came mm-hmm. out ahead uh, in this whole career deal. Well, I think, you know, as much as we're crediting Sam Raimi here, I think John Campbell is a big part of why this franchise is so successful too. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact, I mean, uh, the uh, Bruce talks about it in his book and, and Sam's made comments about it. You know, he, Half of half of the Evil Dead success is that, uh, or Bruce actually said it. Sam's theory was always, "How how much pain can I inflict on Bruce?" <laughs> and if you watch those scenes, you know, but it's it's also it's not what Sam does to Bruce; it's what Bruce is willing to do to get the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you watch Bruce's physical comedy, it's amazing mm-hmm. um, what he's able to do um, facially and just physically you know, his, his motions his movements and everything else. Um, and then Sam just would just push him and push him and push him and ask him to do things more and more and more. And so the, between the two of them, they found this really nice creative balance in this little pocket universe that we call the evil dead. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're friends, I, I don't think it works if they weren't friends first. Oh yeah. I don't, the I don't think you luck into in that. Each other. Really. Yeah. Because the, the, the shooting of this was pretty grueling, too. So. Yes. Every, everyone was miserable. Mm-hmm. It was cold. There was, you know, like nothing to eat. I mean, they were they were staying in the cabin. Yeah. With, you know, no, really no power. No heat. You know, nothing. Uh, just out in the backwoods of Tennessee, I believe. Yes, Tennessee. Um, so, I it, if I recall. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was a nightmare shoot. Uh, and then to do all the things that they they would do with the makeup and the and what's great is if you look back, uh, I, I love to look back at movies and and acknowledge what is wrong with them, mm-hmm. and then immediately discount it because I don't care. 
Um, because <laughs> I mean, if you look at scenes, it's it's great because when when his girlfriend is possessed, her face is made up with the demon makeup, but like everything, like from her chin and jawline down, is perfectly normal. They, they like it's it's literally it's like a kabuki mask of demonic possession. Yeah. Um, and just just little stuff like that, you look and you're like, yeah, that's their budget. It's like literally you're stretching makeup mm -hmm. that far. Um, and they didn't need to, it didn't matter because the point, no. again, you get the point across and I love movies. I, I mean, I've said this, not just on this movie, you know, I, I'll watch a science fiction movie and yes, the effects might be garbage and you know, the costume might be crap. It's like, but if I like your idea and if I like where you're going, I'm willing to forgive a lot. Oh, but same. if it's, but if it's just garbage across the board, then yeah, I'm going to hammer you for your garbage makeup and your garbage special effects. But if it's like, yeah, but your script idea, it's really pretty good. I like, mm -hmm. you know, that nugget of what you're doing. I, you know, I like where your head's at. So I'm willing to go along with that to see what you're going to do with it. And I'll just discount all the, all the other stuff. Um, no, I completely agree with that. And so, so yeah, so the evil dead, yeah. Terrible shoot, uh, <laughs> you know, terrible conditions. Um, and then again, it took them forever to get it anywhere. Um, and that's again, the, the love of the, of the genre. And I'm sure they were working on other stuff, you know, as much as they could after that. But yeah, this was a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And first, if you stop and think about it, uh, I had to, I actually, I, I told you, I, I, I talked about this just a year ago and I went back and I listened to that and I, and I was, you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm just brilliant. Um, cause you know, we were, you know, we, you know, we were talking, it's like, you know, what other horror franchise really that from top to bottom has not sucked. Yeah. That's you a know, good point. Pick, you know, find one that just, there isn't that, that low or where it's just exploitative, you know, name rubber stamping, you know, Friday mm -hmm. the 13th. Nope. There's garbage there. Hellraiser. Nope. There's garbage there. Uh, you know, nightmare is garbage in there. Uh, you know, and we're, we're, we're racking our brains and I was like, maybe, and I would have to go back and rewatch the films. I was like, I was like, maybe the phantasm franchise, because I, I remember the first one and that first one was just frightening, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't, I don't know that they actually just ever became exploitive or suck. Now I might have to go back and rewatch them, but it's like evil dead. It's like, no, there's none that suck. They're mm -hmm. all true to the concept. They never, they never deviate from, from the concept. I mean, in, even when we get to uh, the 2013 reboot sequel, um, it's, it, it literally is almost a replay of the evil dead, mm -hmm. but you know, but not in such a way as it's just, you know, it's, this is not the force awakens to a new hope. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, you know, it's, it, it's its own beast, but, but all of the pieces are there and, and everything, you know, except the, but again, the evil dead doesn't have that much comedy. So the fact that the 2013 version is not, doesn't have a lot of comedy. It isn't really a stretch mm -hmm. and it's a darn fine film uh in the horizontal so again and then you get the evil dead rise which we, you know we'll talk about here in a couple minutes uh, but again there's no there's no real horror 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 franchise that mm -hmm. just doesn't have that kind of either one or multiple films where it just kind of loses it 
where it, it's no longer what it is. I think, I think even Scream, like people weren't real happy with Scream Four or Scream mm-hmm. Three, you know. And Scream Five was pretty good. Scream Six was was pretty good, but I don't even know that you Scream's got more uh, pop culture cred. I guess mm-hmm. maybe, but again, because it started with Wes Craven, who. Yeah cut his teeth so it's not like it was some nobody that came in but evil dead is kind of it's surviving you know now we're on our third writer director mm-hmm. between sam Raimi, feed alvarez and now lee cronin um and it's still working so it's yeah. it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting beast in, in terms of 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 its cinema place mm-hmm. um in in that regard and and i think because of that you can't really you can't really overlook any of them mm-hmm. because i mean much like i i, I always it's you know what people are like what's the what's the best marvel movie and they're like iron man i'm like no i can't count iron man because it doesn't count because without iron man nothing else happens well without evil dead nothing else happens and a yeah. lot of other things outside of evil dead probably don't happen yeah um, i mean think about like there's like comic books there's well all kinds of stuff too well what and and what it does you know its dna kind of runs out but then you know we turn around and you wind up with jj jj uh we wind up with um the cabin in the woods mm-hmm. which is a postmodern deconstruction of the entire genre tracked back to the the cabin in the woods trope yeah from evil dead that's true so it's i mean it it it's so important that, well, I say current cinema, really, it's kind of old at this point, but, you know, current cinema is analyzing it mm-hmm. in current cinema. So, I mean, no one's doing that with Scream. I mean, Scream's doing the entire genre, but it's doing it in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way. Mm-hmm. So it's, like I said, Evil Dead's just in this weird, weird place where I think it often gets overlooked Except for the fact, I think, that Bruce Campbell is such a kind of bombastic personality. Mm-hmm. And once, I think once the fandom recognized Evil Dead and 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 appreciated it in the way that that fandom does, mm-hmm. um, I think he embraced that. Yeah, and so now sure. it's it's become this 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 really kind of true grassroots give and take, because um, he loves it. I mean, I, I I hate actors that don't. I don't think any actor should ever be typecast, um, but I think Bruce, he knows what side his bread is buttered on, so to speak. Yeah, um, and I don't. And you know, last year we were, we were when I was talking about that we were talking because Evil Dead was still or Evil Dead Rise was still just a rumor that might mm-hmm. come out sometime last year at this point uh, at, or at that point. So we we're talking about it. it's like, yeah, it's like and people were worried. And I'm like, I'm not real worried because it it's got Sam and Bruce's endorsement mm-hmm. and their names on it. And from what I know about bruce and his fans i don't he would not associate he might not be able to stop something that was garbage and i don't know how that would happen but i'm sure it could happen but he wouldn't associate with something i think that he felt wasn't up to snuff 
That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's I think that's important. He he more so than Sam, I think he kind of maybe considers himself the the custodian of 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 Evil Dead. I could see that because I feel like Sam it can exist so much outside of just this franchise. I mean, he's done other stuff like, you know, Spider-Man. And, yeah. You know, and well, so like it, he, he has more to his catalog, whereas Bruce Campbell, I mean, to your point, like great actor can do good work. But I mean, I do feel like he heavily he knows that a lot of his fame comes from this franchise and he fully embraces that. So in a lot of ways, he's kind of like the face of that brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. And, and I don't, I, I don't want to downplay anything Bruce Campbell has done after that. Oh no, um, I love burn notice by the way. Burn notice, burn <laughs> I notice, love that show. Uh, not I mean, he steals every scene he's in, in that show, oh, but, that absolutely. Show, but that show, I think honestly on paper, it's one of those shows that shouldn't work. I agree. And it only works because of the people in it. Mm -hmm. I think if, if you swap out fun like, to any, watch. any particular actor, I don't know that that film or that that show works. As well I as actually it does. didn't really want to watch that show, but then Bruce Campbell's in it. And so I gave it a chance and I was like, you know, the trailers made this show look dumb, but, and maybe it is, but I, I find myself going back to it over and over and really enjoying it. So I, I, I agree it's, with it's you. all on my shelf behind me. Nice. I, I love physical media. It's on my shelf. If I, I don't have mm -hmm. to go looking for it. If I ever get the urge there to, you go. to binge that. So, but yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, his, his his performance in that is great mm -hmm. and he's not playing ash no, he's, exactly it, it, yeah. it's a solid it is a solid recurring and, and in many instances almost co-starring role yeah uh, in that show um and again i think i think it, he kind of got lucky on that because it's it again on paper i don't know that that show's supposed to work mm -hmm. as well as it works but and but it but it does it's just one of those things where they got the right people uh, and they took away uh, Gabrielle Anwar's Irish accent after the pilot. That was the yeah, other, I noticed that, that was the other important it. change because that was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was not good. It wasn't working. No. So they and I love that she just said, "Nah, just, we're in America. We're in Miami, so I need to sound like I'm American." So I was like, "Yes, yeah. thank God, good choice." Uh, but you know, yeah. So it's Bruce. Bruce considers himself the guardian, and I think that, and I think that's, I think that's important. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think. You know the closest, the closest equivalent maybe is Tom Cruise and Top Gun, even more so than Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but but Top Gun's only had two movies. True. But he fought to make that second movie right. Yeah. So, you know, but I I think it's it's cool to not, you know, you're not typecasting yourself. You're you're protecting something precious to you mm -hmm. um, because it's precious to your fans, and I think that's great. Because yeah. you know they could he could have gone you know, Bruce Campbell could have just gone and just tried to work continuously mm -hmm. forever on other stuff and not worried about the, you know and just kind of let that that fandom simmer yeah um, but he never did and I think that that's an important thing to recognize uh, in terms of the longevity of the film is that it's always been it's always been out there and it's always been supported and it's always been loved by the face of it and I think that's that's one of the things that kind of endears me to it. Cause every time you watch it, you're like, yeah, he was miserable and having the time of his life mm -hmm. because he was making movies with his friends. Yeah. I, I will say out of the three, like the original three, I've probably seen this one the least if I'm honest, but I see everything that you're saying about it, about how 
it set the tone for future Raimi movies. Um, a lot of the innovation, a lot of the shots. I, I was wondering, do you want to talk about some of those like specific moments that you see echoes of in like other Raimi films? Uh, well, the the a lot of the camera work is great. Uh, the what they call uh, the the shaky cam. Which yes. is that, that, that I was hoping you were going to mention that <laughs> that low it's the it's that it's that uh, that those tracking shots those low running shots through the mm -hmm. woods and, and where the camera's literally shaking they built a rig to do that that's being hauled around by two guys yeah with the camera mounted to a two by four between them and that's also, how they're going going through that I also like how I don't know there's this thing that Sam Raimi does that you've kind of touched on before where it's like you said it's a true horror but he also recognizes that there are moments of humor and he knows when to use them and there's some shaky cam stuff in the like I guess in the forest where he I feel like he I want to pretend that he just shot it and then he watched it and he giggled a little bit and then he uses that joke later like in the second film more so and more obviously but I like the way that it sort of sneaks up on you and then kind of makes you laugh when you realize that he's conscious of it too. Does that yeah, make the, sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it, and it is it, 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 the little, the little head, you know, the little, you know, the little chin thrust there, you know, Yeah. like I got you. Uh, yeah. You know, but, I like that. But the, the, the other one that's, that's huge and you watch it, it, it really was one of the things that I was really excited to see when he did uh, the multiverse of madness mm -hmm. was that just that patented, um, that sweeping push in close-ups that he does. Yes. The, the, you know, they're almost high altitude, you know, you know, dive bomb into someone's face and then that quick pull out and the camera twists at the same time. Mm -hmm. And those started showing up in multiverse of madness. And I was like, man, this is such an evil dead movie. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that too. Yeah. But you know, there's just little, little flourishes like that. And then the fact that, that uh, dead strange moves like possessed ash. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, I was like, please, you know, somewhere someone's eventually going to admit that Sam told Benedict Cumberbatch to go talk to Bruce <laughs> about, about how to do that yeah. because it is, I mean, it's, it's just spot on mm -hmm. possessed ash. And I'm just like, Oh, it's so good. And, but you, you know, you just, the, those little, those little things that make horror a little more horrific, but they're not, but they're not clean. So they they can be considered a little funny looking. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it is, it is this weird balance. And I think I'll bet uh, Sam's probably got this really just wackadoodle sense of humor. Yes. Uh, if, if we really got to know him and I, I, I hope to God, uh, he, I'm going to an event in Denver and he's going to be there. And I hope to God I can get 30. He's coming to, to Dallas talk. in a few weeks too. He is. And then, and I, and I, if I was going to Dallas, I would be seeing him. Um, yeah. but, but he's also going to Denver, which is right over the mountain for me. So Great. we're going to, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to see him and get him, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get a photo with him. I'm, I'm going to find something for him to sign. I'm sure That's I amazing. have some, I'm sure I have something he could sign, but, yeah. uh, a few but, things. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I would love, I would love to, I, I actually reached out to the, the event planners. I'm like, Hey, let me, you know, uh, if you need panel moderators, like guest moderators, let me know. Cause I've done yeah. that. And it's like, Oh God, that would just be so, I would just, fanboy all over him um <laughs> but yeah it's but he his style is there and you can see it, it does creep through i mean even in uh, like i mentioned earlier quick in the dead when we were talking about the car um yeah he does a lot of low and then up sweep into close-ups on a lot of you know to you know it's almost old western 
but it's got that Raimi twist. Um, and and, and just, like you said, there's there's something very modern about it too. Yeah. Like I feel like by the time, by the early 2000s, you had all this like, almost like music video stylized fisheye lens stuff that really yeah. feels like it originated here. Yeah. But, but, but a lot of, if you, if you watch a lot of horror, there's a lot of steady cam. There's not, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love, uh, I, Robert Rodriguez does a lot of, of, uh, handheld. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it, and it, in horror specifically, it adds, a lot of uncertainty and that's half mm -hmm. of a good horror. Yeah. Um, because you can't perfectly frame a handheld running, terrifying shot. Right. You, you just can't do it. So, I mean, it's, 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 a uh, similar to a, a favorite series of mine, actually, uh, Firefly mm -hmm. when they were talking about shooting stuff in space, yeah. uh, the camera moves a lot and is twisting. So a lot of times you'll come in right after an action has happened and you just have to figure out what happened in space by what's left mm -hmm. or what's going on now. Um, and so horror that lends itself to the horror genre, I think, uh, very well as well. I mean, it just, it just, it's one of those things that, it, it, you know, don't, don't show everything. And if you do show it, it, don't make it, don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be crystal clear. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I think, um, you know, there's a reason why a lot of directors, their first movie is a horror, you know, because there's, it, it thrives so much on creativity and sometimes on constraints. And I think, you know, like the budget constraints and other constraints of this movie led to a lot of innovation that Raimi did and pioneered and, and is enjoyed in his future films. Yeah, and and horror is is also a film or is also a genre where you can get away with being formulaic. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's um, true. So then you know you know it's it's yeah it's a coloring book, but how you play in those lines and where mm -hmm. you choose to break the line is important. That's true. Um, yeah. So it's but 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 there are constraints inherent in the genre that that kind of can keep you as a smaller filmmaker on mm -hmm. on track and on task. So yeah, yeah I, I, I you're you're right. That's probably why a lot of of there. That's probably why there are so many low budget horror movies. Yeah, and they're fun, and I feel like there's an element. They can be fun. They can be fun. Some of <laughs> them can be, can be garbage. Well. Yeah, I think there's an element to to low budget horror that I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I can do what Sam Raimi does because I don't believe that. But I I think that what's fun about like a a, a low budget horror is it, it does very much feel like a group of friends making a movie together was, which is essentially what happened here. And there's like an energy in to that, that the audience just really enjoys. It almost makes you feel like I could have been there and I could have filmed it with them. At least that's how I feel when I watch movies like this. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's very, that's very important uh, yeah. to, to, to any filmmaker. But again, the, the, these early Raimi films was, yeah, it was so they built up to evil dead. We just, that right. just happened to be the one that we got uh to to get them to break through but it is you know and i i think it i think it only ages better i think you look back and like i said you know you look at the you look at the uh, the the makeup you can you can poke holes in things but i don't I, as a whole that movie is really pretty perfect yeah i think you know you talked about it a little bit about his his sense of humor and how wacky it is 
um, there's a sense of fun, I, even though the the gore is, I mean, it's gory, right? The kills oh, are very gory, but they're like fun gory to where you're, if you're a horror fan, you're like really enjoying those scenes. And like, I think the actors are sort of like chewing the scenes with how over the top stuff is, but it's just, I don't know. It just hits all the right sweet spots for sure. Yeah, it does. And the, again, a lot of their, their humor sensibilities, uh, come from uh they they both love sam and bruce both loved uh, the three stooges <laughs> I so a lot of their slapstick is very influenced and or cribbed from the three stooges so that that physical comedy because the three stooges is just a ton of physical comedy um mm -hmm. and again if you check the credits of most sam raimi bruce bruce campbell uh collaborations and even a lot, a lot of just other movies, you'll see the there's a credit for the fake Shemp, mm. um, which is a, a method that the Three Stooges used after Shemp died, <laughs> and they had to keep work. I mean, so they were plugging in body bad body doubles mm -hmm. for Shemp for for things. Um, mm. So it just kind of became the fake Shemp. So uh, like the headless uh, wife. Oh God. Her name just dropped out of my head from Evil Dead. The, you know, there's the Professor Anobi and his wife. Um, when she runs around without her head, that's that's a body with clearly a a, a built up shoulders mm -hmm. and neck. So, but yeah, that's a fake Shemp. Is, yeah. is, that's how it's credited. Uh, played by Ted Raimi, by the way. Oh, uh, how so funny. yeah, uh, so it's it's great. Uh, but yeah, so but yeah, so they're set. Their their comedic sensibilities are are old school. Yeah, and their horror sensibilities are are really n new school. They were almost ahead of their time mm -hmm. in just the, the amount of, I mean, blood and gore. Yeah, um, and and the way they put them together. I mean, and then you know, perhaps one of the most infamous horror scenes in cinema, um, the tree rape, which is is still horrific. And people hate it, and yet the film doesn't work without it. And it's done in such a way that it, it you feel every horrific moment of it, mm -hmm. even though it doesn't really last long. And uh, they they kind of replicate that in the 2013 version. Um, in Evil Dead Rise, they don't go all the way there, but they invoke the imagery that leads up to it. Mm -hmm. And so they that there there there's that hat tip to to the original uh in in the new version or in, you know in the new film mm -hmm. so and a couple other ones that are a little more blatant but um i actually thought they were going to go there in the new one actually it's like because they started i was like oh my god this is that scene yeah it's like but how are the, that doesn't and then they they it's there but it's like it, they never go all the way there but the the lead up is there and you're just because you i mean and if you're familiar with the franchise you're like oh my god yeah. So again, the fact that you don't see it or it doesn't actually happen is almost a relief. You're yeah. almost more horrified leading up to it mm -hmm. because they invoke it. So, I mean, again, it's, there's a lot of imagery in this, in this first one, you know, forget the camera techniques and stuff. Sam committed. Um, and you could, but really, could you do it now? I mean, 2013, they did it. But now it's like, I don't know really that you 
can. I don't know that, yeah. that a studio would actually let you get away with it. Yeah. Um, which is weird considering some of the other stuff they, they do let you get away with and mm-hmm. keep just an R rating. So uh, it is, again, so sensibilities keep keep evolving. So you can have a lot more violence, like explicit violence yeah. now than you could back then. But so, so again, it's a weird, it's a weird evolution mm-hmm. of, of the horror genre, but I think the, the evil dead still fits. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to that subject matter you're referring to, I think there's just, there's a genuine, a genuine and general. So both, I guess, concern about treating certain subject matter the right way. And I think a lot of times, um, studios are kind of like, let's just not, they'd rather not try to address it quote unquote right. the right way. They just ignore yeah. it. And that's that, and that's not the only subject to be fair. Oh, for, oh of course not. So, and, and, but so I yeah, think like avoidance there's a, is a tactic. Right. And I, I understand it, especially when, you know, I, I do think that certain scenes deserve sort of like a trigger warning. Right. Because it, you know, it, it can lead people to, to have like real emotional, um damage and reactions to it so i kind of i kind of understand that whereas like the i think the gore in this film is more like i mean it's not super realistic right <laughs> like the deadites are not like realistic so i think no. i think that's why it's easier to tackle those things and not so much other things but it's definitely like of its time and you kind of you know, if you go, if you watch this, you have to know that, that it, it was a movie made 1981 versus a movie made now. Right. And I think enough, like, true elements of Sam Raimi films have aged so well, you know, like we're talking about, to where they're consistent, that I, I think it's not too missed or anything. It's not like people go back and go, oh, well, I, I wanted them to have this or have that. Like, I think he stayed, I think, very true to who he is as a as a filmmaker. And so we, we have that to look forward to in all his movies. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, I mean, that was a very specific instance, but like I said, yeah. with the, with the new version, it, it, it invokes it, but there's not, a way to like, yeah, invoke it without having to deal right. with the ramifications so, of, yeah. But again, it's, total it's, sense. it's, and I don't, know, I don't know if you've seen evil dead rise yet. I have not. Oh, Okay. I know so, I need to get so again, to the, you're I, I like lo- convincing me. I was like, I, I love don't know the evil if I want to see so, it or. So yeah, everyone was concerned that, so the evil dead rise takes place mm-hmm. in a, in an LA apartment building. Yeah. Yeah. It did seem like it was getting further away to me, but like hearing your insight about it definitely well, there's, helps. Sell so it there, there's, there's a, there's a weird framing mechanism in this film that is that, that, that feels like a head fake mm-hmm. the way the film opens. And then we wind up in the the apartment building, mm-hmm. and then the the film progresses from there. Okay. Um, they explain how there. I mean, there's a book, there's a recording, there's possession. So all of the elements of mm. Evil Dead are there, and why they're there is explained. Okay. Um. I, I have to say that I, I watched the when the first teaser trailer came out. Um, I don't watch. I, I try not to watch trailers just as a general rule at this point. But no. I, I broke my I broke my rule because it was Evil Dead. I was like, I, no, I'm baked in. I, they really can't screw this up for me. So yeah. the there's a scene in that trailer with the cheese grater. 
Yes. Which I need to go back and watch that trailer again. I feel like I'm remembering it worse than it is in the film. Hmm. That happens so, sometimes though. So I don't know. Like clipped, you know. I don't. And again, it could be, it could be the way it was cut. My brain went a place that the, the images don't actually go. Oh, gotcha. That, so, that is sometimes worse um, than what's actually so, seen. So, it, right. So the, in the film, I, it felt, I want to say disappointing. And that feels weird when you're talking about the cheese grater. <laughs> um, visually disappointing. Let's mm. we'll do it that way. So I, it's a little underwhelmed. I was like, I remember it being worse than that. But again, I don't know if it's my memory or if, if there's a cut and then they cleaned it up. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's too much. I don't know how they could have gotten to that with everything else that's going on, mm -hmm. but maybe, but again, I need to go back and rewatch the trailer footage. So it's <laughs> just to see if, if it's, if it's my brain or if it is actually worse than that teaser footage. Um, but, and then it ends, uh, it, it uh, so the film's got, it's got Easter eggs for you. Okay. Um, it has a couple of overt fan service moments. Mm -hmm. One of which is too long. Okay. Um, That's fair. They do it. And I was like, there it is. And then they do it, do it. I mean, literally it over the, and, and it's only like 10 or 15 seconds, but it's literally, it's like you needed to do it once. Got it. And then they did it. And I was like, ah, oh, see, it's a, that's just a bad, bad directorial choice. They could just cut those, cut the rest of that. You don't mm -hmm. you literally don't need it. Now it feels like you're fan servicing. Yeah. Um, I think that was my fear too. I like that you touched on that. Cause I was worried about that, but I'm glad to hear it's not like the whole, no, no, it, it's, that. this is not okay. Right. Here's my second star Wars reference. Later. This is not the rise of Skywalker fan service. <laughs> this is no, 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 no. There are things in there that if you've watched the other films, you you may catch that have no bearing on the movie that you're watching mm -hmm. or understanding the movie that you're watching everything that you need to and to understand this movie is in this movie okay That's but you will see things that that if you catch them will you will be like oh there it is it, you know the leonardo meme mm -hmm. you know so <laughs> uh but yeah so so it's 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 a nice balance like i said one time he just he overcommitted mm. and then, okay. then well, it moves on. So and I was like, ah, and you'll know it when you see it, you'll know it when you see it, you'll be like, yeah, that's okay. what he was talking about. Um, but yeah, but other okay. than no, it's, I, I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll, I'll own it when it comes out and nice. it will go on my shelf and I will be a happy person. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's no, good to I, hear. I was happy with it and it leaves the door open as they always do. Mm -hmm. It's not a horror movie. If you don't leave the door open. 100%. Um, but it does. But then the film does wrap up um, and close the loop, if you will. Oh, yay. OK, so, well, I'm sold. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. OK, I'm going to see it now. I'm convinced <laughs> you've well, done me, it. Let me know what you think. I will. I'll circle back to you. What um, was there anything else about Evil Dead? The original, though, that we haven't talked about yet, that you wanted uh, to cover. that we haven't talked about. No, I don't. No. I, honestly, I okay. don't think I don't think there is. I I think it's just it's one of those things. Like I said, and they effectively rebooted it in, in for two. It's a sequel. It continues the story mm -hmm. while changing the first movie. Yeah, in ways that don't actually matter. Yeah, even though you I look at it, you're like, that. my God, they they got rid of X, Y, and Z, and it's like, yeah, but you know what? It doesn't actually matter. Mm -hmm. 
for for what's happening. So it's 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 a very weird retcon. Yeah. That actually has no bearing. Mm. So it's like that's that's just a it's just a weird situation. But no, the the first movie, like I said, for for all of the the little holes that you can poke in it, it's it's effectively a perfect horror movie. Yeah. From 1981, uh, and you you'll you, you see a lot of it. And like I said, if you've seen any other Sam Raimi movies, you'll recognize a bunch of the things that he does. Yeah, from this movie, and it's. I think that I. I think it, it. It's not often that horror sensibilities move out. Yeah. Um. But they. They did in a lot of ways, and I think that's. I think that's maybe one of its lasting legacies, besides mm-hmm. giving us Bruce Campbell. I was actually about to ask you because I always ask two questions at the end about like what keeps you coming back to this movie, but it. it you already just su- summarized it really well. I think. Um, I try. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good job. I I think I, you know, why do I keep coming back to this movie? Um, like I said, I think out of the three, I probably haven't seen it as much as the other two, but I keep coming back to this trilogy and to this movie in general because it's it's just a good film. I mean, it's it's a good horror movie. Like you it said. is. It's Simple. just it's Simply just really good. it's just really solid. Mm-hmm. How would you pitch it to someone that? maybe hasn't seen this franchise before like how do you sell this movie to them how do you sell this well it, it depends are you selling it to a horror person that somehow mm. hasn't seen it or someone's not a horror person because i i think if you're if you want to sell this franchise to a non-horror person you have to sell them on army of darkness <laughs> true or even even uh evil dead 2 dead by evil Dawn. dead 2 a little bit too but yeah this um, one is more pure horror That's yeah this one is more pure horror, horror. so i think if, if you're if you're selling it to a horror fan you you just have to go look you you've missed it and it's it's it is a yeah. hole in your horror resume right um and that you need to fill as a horror fan you need to fill this hole um if you're not a horror fan you can sell it you know are you a fan of the scary movies and then you show them army of darkness which this mm-hmm. is i mean that's way better than any scary movie franchise movie but uh you know you, you can sell them that you know you can you know if they like scream because i mean but even then that's kind of horror but it you know it's it's meta horror so they mm-hmm. might be that might appeal to them in that that way then you almost want to yeah. go look watch army of, or watch army of darkness then go back and watch one and two and then you see the build-up to what army of darkness is and yeah. you, you're trying to you you, you kind of reverse engineer them into it it's kind of hard to find somebody that loves film that hasn't seen these movies. At so least it's not one a conver- of them. <laughs> yeah, it's not a conversation that comes up often. But I will say from personal experience, I was, um, when I was a lot younger, I think I was a teenager, and I was dating a guy that, that loved these movies. And I remember him quoting it, telling me about it, and he was just so excited. I didn't feel like I was being, you know, like sometimes when somebody loves something, a lot and they're sort of being a little gatekeepy about it. it can feel bad kind of like right. oh you don't know about this but he was just genuinely excited to show me like almost like i'm jealous of you because you haven't seen it yet and yeah and you then, get to experience it for the first time exactly and and we enjoyed it together and i i really just like walked out of that I, I saw Army, Army of Darkness first and I walked away like an Insta fan and I was like, I get it. I get what you like about this. And then we watched the other ones and that that enthusiasm that I got that day, the first time I saw it, it just hasn't waned at all. And so in some ways, 
if you haven't seen Evil Dead, I'm kind of jealous. Like, I'm kind of jealous of you getting to see this for the first time. But just know that you absolutely should if you haven't. Absolutely. That's my Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for picking this movie and for your patience and getting to record this podcast. No worries. Uh, Staying on me. That's a lesson to all of you out there. If you haven't heard back from me, stay on me. Like, always, always willing to, you know carve out some time and and talk about such a wonderful movie like this. Um, where can people find you and where can they listen to your podcast? Uh, again, anywhere you, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search for visually stunning movie podcast and you'll find us. If you go to the website, vsmoviepodcast.com, uh, all the written reviews are there. Not everything becomes audio. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a huge chunk of the movies I, I watch get written up and get put there. So, um, but they'll also link to any audio and video that we have either on our RS feed, RSS feed or on YouTube where you can also find us. So, uh, and other than that, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at VS movie podcast. Okay, great. And I feel like it's only a matter of time to, till, till you'll come back and we'll cover more of this franchise or others. So thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Uh,